Hello and welcome back to Just One More Opinion. My name is Charlie and we have reached the end of Phase 2 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Since today, we will be shrinking into the origin story of Ant-Man. Hope you enjoy it. Alright, the MCU just keeps on giving and in July of 2015 we received into our screens and hearts a new kind of hero when we met Scott Lang, aka Ant-Man, played by the brilliant Paul Rudd who is mostly known for his comedic roles and here, sure enough, we have some of that silly Rudd humor spread across the entire film. But this movie shouldn't just be consider considered a um, co comedy Marvel movie. Because at its core, it's more of a heist story, really. Scott Lang is a thief, or a burglar, if you'd prefer. And his biggest criminal offense was to steal some money from a billionaire company back to its clients in a sort of Robin Hood fashion. Thus making his nefarious deed not that nefarious. Actually, it tells a lot about... Lang's character and sense of values. He chose to do something dangerous and risky for the greater good, even though he could have lost his wife and daughter, which unfortunately he did, as he was caught and sent to prison, distancing himself from his family for a really long time and create some conflict between him and his now ex-wife. And the biggest theme of the movie, in my opinion, is tightly connected to family and relationships. More specifically, being someone's hero, living up to what your daughter thinks about you, and to achieve that, you need to redeem yourself. Big time. But Scott, who is now a free man, still has a hard time getting the money he needs to pay for child support, so he turns to crime once more in order to be reunited with his daughter, Cassie, let me just say is so damn cute and funny as well but this path to redemption is hijacked by Hank Pym who sees in Scott potential as an asset so who is Hank Pym well let's go back to the start of the movie and we'll continue with the plot points later on the movie starts by traveling back in time to 1989 as we see a younger Hank Pym talking business with Howard Stark and Peggy Carter in of Shield in a facility of Shield right here we get a fantastic tie-in with the broader MCU which I just love obviously and he decides to leave their side because his Pym particle technology is being targeted by Stark so they can put it to a different use and Pym wants no part in that Thus, the Pym Particle is um, taken by him, stored, hidden away, because it is one of the most important creations inside this universe. Hank was able to change the distance between atoms by using the Particle, and with the help of, a, of an Ant-Man suit, he chose to fight crime and prevent dangerous events from unfolding as he shrunk into the size of an ant and maintained the strength of a full man. But he was not alone in his astonishing tales of adventure. His wife Janet also put a suit on of her own, the wasp suit, and together they fought side by side until a terrible incident left Hank 
without his wife. This plot point is key to the overall theme of the movie, which is family. Um, but I'll come back to it later on. But yeah, this is one of the reasons why Pym is so protective of his technology. He doesn't want it to fall into the wrong hands, and so he leaves his hero days behind him. Decades later, though, a pupil of Pym, when he had his own company, named Darren Cross, decided to replicate the technology, this creation that had been kept under wraps turned into a ghost story. Now Cross was the boss man, he didn't, and he didn't want to... To, and it didn't have the um, to answer to Hank. In fact, Darren began to resent his former, former mentor as the years went by, as he believed that Hank didn't trust him with the knowledge of his past journeys. Darren became this unstable, volatile, crazy, angry monster with no moral code whatsoever, as he it did not rest until he had his own Ant-Man tech. The time had come, Darren was close, and Hank found out about this, about Cross's latest developments, because his daughter, Hope, was still working for him, for Cross, and sharing important intel with her father. But this relationship, father and daughter, is not perfect. Hope seems to resent Hank as well. This is because his grief after Janet, his wife, had passed away was so strong that he neglected how his seven-year-old daughter had been feeling as well and so they sadly drifted apart like I said before these themes are related to to family and relationships are going to be further develop developed developed um, later on in the movie so I'll talk about that in just a bit but yeah it's a very important um, plotline of Ant-Man, the movie. Other characters that join the MCU are Scott Lang's friends who play a vital role in the final act. We have Kurt, Dave, and Luis, all very funny, but the latter is, of course, just brilliant. He's played by Michael Peña. And Peña, if you don't know, he, he's actually a very versatile actor. I saw him, I saw him in a movie called Collateral Beauty, starring... Will Smith, and Peng is so good in it, really dramatic and serious. In contrast, here he plays this overly confident, wisecrack guy who is just spitting funny lines here and there, and he he gives us an iconic moment or two actually, as he retells some stories to Scott, but with a very Louis twist. You you know what I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. Well, if you're listening to this, you probably have so. Yeah, probably my favorite bit from Ant-Man is that last Louis story time <laughs> just before the credits. Um, the guy is hilarious, really a character. The only, the only other recurring human character is Paxton, a cop who is now with Scott, Scott's ex-wife. And he's just this by-the-book kind of policeman. Uh, he cares about Cassie as well. But he's not really a... Someone, need, someone Scott needs to be on the lookout for because Paxton's not, he's not looking to replace um, Scott as Cassie's father. In fact, at the end, he actually helps Scott with some legal matters. So, yeah, he's a pretty good guy, even if not exceptional in his existence in the MCU. But, but yeah, there's, 
There are many other vital characters in the movie. The ants. I know. <coughs> I get it. It's Ant-Man, the movie, so of course we'd, we would have ants and all, but they are actually irreplaceable story-wise. A, a whole lot of good things that happen in the movie happen because of the ant assist. So I had to give a special shout-out to all of the little fellas. We couldn't have done it without you guys. But, okay. Moving on with the story, and I'll try to summarize it the best I can, as well as skips any unnecessary details. So, yeah, let's go. Hank Pam, Hank Pim, <laughs> Hank Pim sees in Scott a way to stop Darren Cross from completing his plan. Hank has, play, has paid uh, close attention to Scott since he did a Robin Hood-style burglary, and he created a way to, and he made, and he made it happen so that Scott would actually steal from Hank himself. And what did he steal? The Ant-Man suit. Scott kind of reluctantly tries it on and after some bumps along the road he finally agrees to help Hank and his daughter Hope with their mission. I have to say the, um, the shrinking animation and all of the special effects regarding ant-sized action was was really smooth and cool to watch. Also the scene where Scott enters uh, Hank's house just um, it showed how resourceful and clever he actually is not just this goofy adult making bad choices after half the time um the guy knows his stuff people he actually does anyway the mission is pretty simple destroy darren's cross uh, technology and data regarding his attempt to recreate pim's tech and the world should be a safer place after that however there are a few obstacles as in any movie um the first being Newcomer Scott, who knows nothing about controlling ants or shrinking, so we get a nice sequence slash montage of him learning how to be Ant-Man. It's very uplifting and fun, showing us a different type of origin story, in my opinion, making this movie feel fresh. Although there are some elements in this one that still feel like tropes, um, yeah, but I'll, I'll get I'll get to that eventually. <laughs> Uh, Scott finds the will and skill to be a hero, but Hope still believes she should be the one to put on the suit. But Hank furious, furiously, furiously rejects her request in a very tense moment that makes us kind of hate him for a moment, for being so blunt and unkind. But we soon find out why he was so cold and distant, why he inadvertently pushed his daughter away. Her mother, Janet, had not died in a plane crash, as it was told, but on a mission where she made the ultimate sacrifice. Janet went subatomic in order to disarm a missile, and she didn't come back. Hank spent the following ten years learning about this mysterious new realm, the quantum realm, but he did not find any success and not a one way to bring her back. And unfortunately, his obsession, joined by his tremendous grief, pushed Hope away. But only because he wanted to protect her. And, ha, oh, this was such a heartbreaking reveal, but also very beautiful to see them heal. And 
it explained why he chose expendable Scott to put on the Ant-Man suit and not highly skilled Hope, because he'd rather lose the fight than lose her. And this, my friends, is just another great moment and lesson, really, about compromise, about what priority priorities we should have, and why they always come back to protecting our loved ones, as they should. Because it's not about saving our world, it's about saving theirs, as Hank says. The other obstacle the team faces is in regards to the need of advice stored in an old, abandoned Stark Industries facility. But <laughs> as Ant-Man approaches the location, we, and the team, learn that it is being guarded by Falcon, because that remote place is actually the new Avengers HQ. <laughs> Uh, the interaction and brawl between the Avenger and Ant-Man is both hilarious and awesome. Again, a great tie-in with the rest of the franchise. And surprising, too. I, I, was, I was not expecting Falcon to show up. Um, but yeah, Scott was able to retrieve the technology, overtaking an actual Avenger, and the team is almost ready to put their plan into motion. But for that, though, they need another three pair, pairs of hands. And this is when Luis, Dave, and Kurt come in. Again, Luis interacting with Pim and Hope. Funny as hell. Uh, and we are ready for the final act. I gotta say, this one felt different from past MCU movies. We had a complex heist sequence where everybody mattered. And if there was one less ally, the mission would undoubtedly be unsuccessful. Um, and also the final battle with Cross was also quite unique. So let's get into that. I'll skip the heist details because yes, it was cool, yes, it was different, and yes, the stakes got higher, but it's in the, the tiny fight between both hero and villain that things really get interesting. Darren Cross is pissed off at Hank and Hope and Scott, so he goes after young Cassie when his facility is destroyed, and the only thing left from his research is his new yellow jacket suit, which is... An augmented version of the Ant-Man technology. And I think I have a problem with this. A small problem, though. Um, because it seems to be following the formula, formula of Iron Man, the movie. Specifically with its villain. Cross in some, is, in some ways, um, Obadiah Stane 2.0. He seeks power and more money. His suit is similar to our hero's suit. And he also goes behind his mentor's back to get what he wants. So, yeah, a line could be drawn between both antagonists. And I'd also say that Cross's motives are not that interesting as well. And you know me, I'm all about that juicy villain backstory and their reasons to break bad. So I was a bit disappointing, uh, disappointed at Yellow Jacket because the only fascinating aspect of his personality is the... Um, the need to be valued by a sort of father figure, in this case, Hank. But that's not really explored as much as it should, sadly. Uh, yeah. In the end, Cross goes after Scott's daughter, and we are presented with this brand new and refreshing final battle, which happens in such a tiny space, continuing with, continuing with the style of, for the movie, of course. Uh, the two hand-sized characters fight for a while, but Cross has the upper hand, as he can kill poor Cassie in an instant. 
So Scott has no choice. He goes subatomic in an act of true heroism, destroying Yellow Jacket's suit and killing Cross in the process. His last words, I love you, Cassie. And in a split second, Scott is all alone in the quantum realm. Silence and fear flood the screen as we see a father losing his daughter all over again. But fortunately, like I said before, this Ant-Man is very clever and very resourceful and he modifies his suit's regulator and in another split second he's able to return to the land of the living and to his sweet daughter's arms. The end. Beautiful. Beautiful, right? Emotional, right? Um, I thought so. Ant-Man was another pleasant addition to the MCU. The finale opened some doors to the future of the franchise and raised the question, is it possible to return from the quantum realm? And this idea would be fundamental for the next Ant-Man movie and another very famous one as well. Um, yeah. The post credit scenes teased Hope as Wasp and showed us a, an actual clip from Civil War um, since Ant-Man will be a part of that movie, which I'll rewatch tomorrow. I cannot wait. But yeah, overall, Ant-Man is a great movie. Uh, even though it's not exempted of problems, I've mentioned Cross as the main villain. Yes, it's quite brutal. Um, especially in that scene where he shrinks the character of Frank into just a... Nothing, really. <laughs> he, he, he was a stain on the floor. Blah. Visceral. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's quite brutal and his goal can breed a lot of chaos, but his motives are weak, in my opinion. And he has no moral code whatsoever. Which can also be quite a letdown, as he sees nothing wrong in what he does. Uh, but something that really, really nagged me was the existence of too many precision coincidences. What I mean by this is all the times that, that an end-sized event happened to an end-sized thing when missing that said thing would be much more probable. And I can have one or two contrivances, but this happened more than five times. I know the movies about ants and tiny action, but some of it was just there because it would be cooler. You know? So I had a problem with those many coincidences. But anyway, the movies a solid eight, both within and outside the franchise, something different from what we are used to see on the big screen and I think different is always lovely and better I would say and oh boy oh boy did this tiny hero in his tiny world have such an important impact moving forward so yeah give it up guys for Ant-Man that was it! Phase 2 fully explored, or re-explored, should I say. I just love how Marvel tried some new things during these years, but many more exciting 
innovative things will happen moving forward, new characters and new worlds, and it all starts tomorrow for Phase 3's first installment and a personal favorite of mine, Captain America Civil War. Until then guys, stay safe, drink lots of water, and don't let your boot have quarrels with the underprivileged ants on the ground. <laughs>